Hello, hello, welcome, welcome, and hello, everybody. I'm glad you're here. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, which is 9 Eastern, for those that don't know where the mountains are. Although I do hear that the Appalachians are very nice this time of year. Um, if I could get an audio and video check, that would be great. And let me talk while we're waiting for that about what we're doing tonight. So we'll do the shipment report as per usual. We have a, a giveaway of some awesome little nano fish, some um, Redbeck 40s uh, pencil fish. And we'll get into some questions and comments. A lot of progress has been done on the warehouse as well. So we'll talk to you about that. Um, and yeah, that's uh, a <laughs> scary Terry. Got to get the chair squeaking. Got a new chair. Hate to disappoint, but less squeaking, <laughs> less squeaking going on these days. <laughs> um, all right, let's see here. I think audio is good. Everything looks fine. Wonderful. Let's start with the shipment report, which I'm happy to say we got a lot of love letters today. It looks like everything's arrived in good shape, which is good because yesterday was a record for us. We sent out more boxes of fish yesterday than I think we ever have in a single day before. It was crazy. I am still tired and, uh, <laughs> but tired, but happy. It was, it was awesome. There's a lot more to ship out tomorrow and we really hope the orders keep coming in because that's what uh, makes all this possible for us. So thanks to everybody that ordered or, or is going to order. Um, now I do need to, so everything arrived alive as far as we know that we we've sent since we talked last week, but I did get a notice late last week that a, um, a Scleromastix Barbatus that we had shipped out about eight days before passed away. So I'm not sure what happened. I don't know if it was related directly to our shipping or if it was something that happened on the customer's end. I don't know because it was eight days after it arrived. But we did lose a Scleromastix Barbatus. So that goes on the tally. And um, um, hard to tell what happened uh, when it's been eight days. But... But we'll, you know, we'll we'll take the we'll take the blame on that one, and we've taken care of that customer. We'll send a, a refund, not a refund, a replacement, and all that. But so that did happen. Um, but besides that, I think everything else has been free and clear. So our shipping's pretty darn good. In fact, Mandy is helping us make it even better. Um, we've increased our survival and arrival live rate by. Uh, a tiny bit since Mandy arrived, which is good news because honestly, I didn't think it could get much better. So we are now, as of this year, the total arrive and alive and stay alive as reported to us by our customers for 2021 up to, you know, year to date is 98, I'm um, sorry, 99.8%. So it's, it's very high. That's up from 99.62% the previous year. So we're doing something right. Now I do wonder how much of that is just uh, that we don't hear from everybody. So I would encourage you if you've ordered from us and had any DOAs or had any losses that you think are attributed to us, to shipping, like they came in stress and died a couple days later, you know, something like that. Um, I would encourage you to send us an email, dan at dancefish.com, and let us know. That's important information for us. It helps us track um, how our shipping methods and our 
sourcing methods and quarantine methods and everything are working. So we do want to get as accurate a number there as we can. Something that we're building into our, our system is kind of tracking that more automatically. So in the future, it's not going to happen immediately, but uh, it, it's, on our, it's on our board to build. When a shipment is received from a customer, they'll get an email from us that is super easy for them to fill out. They just click some boxes like uh, you were sent this many fish. Were there any that arrived dead or any arrived in bad shape or things like that? And so it'll be really easy for the customer to just click a button or put in a number, um, leave some comments if they want, let us know how things went and return and press send. And that'll send right back to us basically is the idea. And so we think if we make it even easier for the customers to report to us, then maybe we'll get more reportage and maybe our success number will actually go down a bit, but be a more accurate reflection of what's happening. But as far as we know, we're, uh, we're, we're 99.8% for 2021, which makes me really happy and really proud because I don't think anyone else comes even close to it. So we're, it makes all the work worth it when things go well. Um, now let's move on to the giveaway. It's a pretty cool giveaway. I went around and looked at what looked good today. And for the last several days, the pencil fish have been displaying really nicely. They, they have the nice bright white tips on the fins now and the reds coming in. They look really nice. So I thought, let's do that. Let's give away some Nanostomus beckfordi or the Beckford's pencil fish. Now the ones that we have are the red Beckford's pencil fish. But to tell you the truth, I've never been able to tell much of a difference between the red Beckford's pencil fish and the Beckford's pencil fish. <laughs> they look the same to me. So maybe one strain has been uh, selectively bred for more red or something, but to me, they kind of both look the same. If you're not familiar with that fish, here are some pictures of it. I wouldn't trust this. That looks awfully saturated to me. Um, I think this is a very nice representation, thanks Tim's Tropicals, for uh, of that fish. Nice white tips. They spread out when they display some red on the anal fin, red on the tail. Um, that is, I think, a good depiction of this fish. Um, looking for one that's like, yeah, it's nicely colored, but not doctored. This one looks pretty good too, although they get more color on them than that. But I'd say that's a pretty accurate representation as well. Nice thing about these guys is they stay small. Um, just over an inch, I would say. Maybe an inch and a quarter-ish. I suppose if you had some in a really, really big tank and they were like super old, they might even get to like an inch and a half. But they're not a large fish. They're, they're a nano fish. They're quite peaceful. They do display with each other for sure, but actual damage is not something I've ever seen. Um, and some pencil fish are quite slow to the food, so they make really good tank mates for really slow feeders. These are actually kind of quick to the food, but they have a really small mouth, so it takes them a long time to eat. And they do get excited though and rush over, but they can't like just swallow it all in one gulp. They have to kind of nibble at it a lot. So that makes them better tank mates 
than some other similarly sized fish for slow eaters. Although there are some other pencil fish that I would say are better tank mates for slow eaters, but as far as normal small fish go, these are pretty darn good. Um, so that's what we'll send you. We'll send you a box, probably of six of them, three to six. If, if, you, uh, if you happen to win, to enter to win, enter hashtag pencil in chat. That's it. Just the hashtag, no space, pencil. <laughs> P-E-N-C-I-L. And um, you'll be entered to win uh, a group of these at some point during the stream. Now, um, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the progress on the warehouse. I'm posting quite a bit about it on Instagram, Dan's Fish Instagram. Dan's period fish, I think, is the one that we had to do to get. Oh, sorry. I'm wrong screen. Um, so if you want, like almost almost daily i mean it's been really busy the last couple of days so maybe i've fallen a bit behind but pretty up-to-date updates of the progress you can see it there but things are happening the under slab work is going the cistern's been put in the it's been installed the plumbing's all attached they're now running plumbing throughout the rest of the building pad it's a pretty complicated drain system we have to drain the whole building to the city sewer system and then we have to be able to drain the whole building back to the creek too um, so it depends if we're using is it just recirculating is it the water going into and out of the tanks that all comes from and returns to the creek or is it culinary city water that we're using in our bathroom or for um, the, the little kitchen area or other purposes um, that all has to drain back to the city so there's two full drainage systems that go separate places so <laughs> so it's pretty complicated and a lot of that pad's getting dug up but it's good progress also um we've tapped into the city sewer and the city water and now those lines are being run over onto the property so all that is kind of getting getting documented on instagram but progress has been made and it's it's it feels now like it's coming along nicely and it's interesting to go out to the building pad now because there's enough pipe laid, enough trenches dug for pipe that we can actually see the, you know, the, the real, real world representation of what we've been thinking about and dreaming about so long. We can see it in real space. So, so that's been really cool. So it's coming along. Um, I still don't know exactly you know, when it'll be dried in and all that, but, uh, but it's good to see good progress. So <laughs> that's, that's the update. I suppose I, I took a bunch of pictures, but they're on my phone. I haven't gotten them onto the computer yet. So Instagram's probably the best place for that. And I'm not saying that cause I'm trying to like build a big Instagram following. I, I'm really not. It's just, it's so easy to upload pictures to Instagram that that's where I'm just naturally gravitating towards. So that's where to find that. Um, with that, uh, uh, in other news, we did finalize um, PayPal payments at dancefish.com. So for everyone that's been wanting the ability to pay with PayPal, you can do that at dancefish.com. You cannot do that at getgills.com. And it's not because we don't want to do that at, at getgills.com. It's just that getgills is a multi-vendor marketplace in PayPal's... Um, software or API or what have you um, 
so far, we haven't been able to get to integrate with getgills.com because of the multi-vendor aspect. But it does work on dancefish.com because there's just one vendor on that website. So if you want to pay with PayPal, dancefish.com, we can do that. And I apologize for everyone on Get Gills, but literally, we, we it doesn't function. It just doesn't function. Um, so that's a nice update on what Jonathan's been working on. He's got a lot of other stuff happening as well, but that's, uh, yeah, that's the most recently completed thing I think that would be of interest. So with that, let's go ahead and get to your questions and comments. I know it's early, um, but honestly, all we've been doing since the import arrived is caring for the import. And then since we listed the fish, prepping fish for shipping and shipping fish. Um, so there, there's not a lot to talk about. We've just been packing. Oh, one thing. Hive mind. Can you help me with one thing? I would like to buy a, hang on, let me find it. A banding machine. It's a Tipper tie THZ 400. Let me see if I can. show you this and okay so it's this guy right here this guy right here okay this is the temper tie thz 400 this i want to buy that for our um, import hub in los angeles so that when they rebag the fish they don't wear out their thumbs with it million rubber bands so that they can make it quick and efficient and not not hurt <laughs> like your our hands actually ached after that day of rebagging just because there's so much uh friction on your thumbs and pulling kind of backwards with your fingers on the rubber bands to make it all work um i have been trying to source where to buy that for a long time I would say since I got back from Los Angeles, since we realized, hey, this is a problem, let's let's get something to solve this. I've called Tipper Tie, I've emailed Tipper Tie, I've called GHB, which is the parent company. Um, they give me a list of sales reps and I call them and all the numbers are disconnected. <laughs> so it's like, I want to purchase this thing because I think it'll be good for my company, but I literally can't figure out how to get it like there's there's nowhere to buy it i can't get a hold of a sales rep the tipper type people don't seem to know themselves um i leave messages i send emails and i hear crickets now i would buy another brand but there's not another brand that i know of that makes a clipping machine it's a bag clipper um that's large enough to handle the the three mil large bags that the folks in Los Angeles are dealing with. So, um, so the Tipper Tie TH400 seems to, THZ400 seems to be the only one that will work that I found so far. So if anyone here has like an uncle <laughs> or a cousin or a sister or something that works at Tipper Tie, <laughs> <laughs> and can help me get a hold of one of these machines. I'll pay full price. Like I'm not trying to like, I, I basically I'm like telling them I want to buy your machine. 
and I, I can't, I can't get a hold of one. I can't get a hold of anyone that can do more than give me the sales rep list, which is completely disconnected. I can't get through to any of those numbers. So if you know anyone that could help, that'd be great. Or if you know of another brand that, um, like the, the other brands, I found some that'll work. I've talked to some fish farmers and they've told me what they use, but the biggest uh, band that they use is like a nine sixteenths inch. I need like a one inch band. I want a nice big band on there. And so uh, I've been able to find another machine or another model. So I need some help with that. So if anyone in the community uh, <laughs> has a connection with Tipper Tie or another company that you know of that, that has a, a bag clipper banding machine that could do it, um, that'd be great. I, I, I want to get that down to Steve in Los Angeles so that he can be more efficient and not like hurt his thumbs every time he goes through an import. So anyway, um, let's go ahead and we're going to hang on. I thought of, I thought I saw someone uh, saying that the image was funny or something. Um, but I missed it. I can't find it now. Okay. So we're going to get to your questions and comments, but first I want to thank my moderators for being here and doing what they do. Punchy Paints, it's good to see that you're alive and well. Hello, Pam. <laughs> Welcome back to life. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks to my mods for what they do every week. I really appreciate them. Um, so a couple super chats have rolled in Maria Z with 499 saying, okay, so hi to all I miss. It's Pam's fault. <laughs> yeah, we found Pam. It's that's going to need to be a thing where we dress Pam up in like a where we take an image of, of Pam and Photoshop, like where's Waldo clothes on her. Yeah, I think that should be a thing. Um, so <laughs> welcome, Marizy. And yeah, we can totally blame Pam. Let's do that. Kelly Foreman, 1999. G Kelly, thank you so much. $20 super chat. I cannot believe how amazing the Kiunga look. They are fired up within minutes of me getting them out of the bag. Thanks for feeding my rainbow addiction. You're, you're right. Here, here, here. Just a taste. You want just a free taste? <laughs> but Kelly, I, I knew you'd like them. Um, They've been firing up here too. I didn't know they would fire up so fast for you. I thought maybe in a week or so, but um, I'm glad they did because they're starting to get those beautiful colors. They look great. I'm glad you got them and I'm glad you're already enjoying them. That's fantastic. Gold Nugget Pleco Space Tetra says the Beck 40 are more brown. The red Beck 40 have some red the red type two are super red okay what's red type two let me look at this red type two that i've never i don't think i've seen see i i know there's other species of anastomus that are super red like the coral pencil fish and and things like that but until i see it in person I, and this is not me calling you out. I'm just saying in this industry, I see so many names like super flame, amazing glitter bomb fish, right? And you get, and it's like, oh, that's brown with a couple specks on it, right? So this industry does all kinds of stuff like that. 
Um, Gold Nugget Plunko Space Tetra, is there like a, a website or something where I could find some of the red type twos you're talking about? Um, mine are just called Red Beck 40, but I've, I've never, I've seen the normals and I've seen the reds. Honestly, even the normals to me look like they have red on them. So, um, and if there's some kind of super red out there that's actually a Beck 4 die, that I would like to know about. I've never seen anything like that either. Um, and, and again, not a comment on on Gold Nugget Pleco Space Tetra at all, but it's a comment on the industry, just how we overname things to try to sell. And it's like, oh, that didn't sell. Well, now we're going to change the name to, I don't know, Emerald Green Rainbow Pot of Goldfish. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Ed's picking up cichlids. Hey, Ed, good to see you again. I am breeding the Beck 40 pencil fish. Hey, good for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, do you have little babies growing up? And if so, how did you do it? Is it like the natural thing where they're just kind of growing up in the tank a few at a time? Or did you like do a mass spawn and you're feeding rotifers and paramecium and stuff? Like what's, what's your secret? What's your method? I'd like to hear about that. That's a lot of pencils in chat. Paul Soltero. I keep them with discus, rummy nose, blue and red tetras, cardinals and quarries. Yeah, Absolutely. Although, would a full-grown discus, like, slurp one down as a snack every now and then? Are these small discus, or are they full-grown? And if they're full-grown, do you, like, gradually have to replace the pencil fish population, or are they actually okay? Curious. Degenerate fish keeper. I just think that's a great username. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Wait. Hang on, I just see a note here about Chevy Fish. Is Chevy Fish okay? Chevy Fish has been active in the community for a long time, so I just want to see if I missed something. I'm a fan of Chevy Fish. Do I see anything? Sorry, guys, bear with me just a moment. I, I don't see it. Well, Chevy Fish, I hope you're okay. I'm, I'm only catching little things, so I'm not sure. If something is going on, I'm missing the story. Sharon Miller, just watch, wanted to let you know my Sawilia Lineolata are doing well and growing. <laughs> Love them and want some more when you get them. I'm glad they're doing well for you. Yeah, that whole bash came in rock solid. I don't know what it is with Hillstream loaches, but in my experience, they either come in rock solid and there's no issues, or they come in not rock solid and there's lots of issues. There doesn't seem to be much in between. So <laughs> I'm glad you got them. I'm glad they're doing well for you. And I'm I'm not surprised they're doing well because honestly, that batch has been amazing the whole time I got it. So I'm glad they sent it to me. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't order it. They just kind of sent it to me. So <laughs> the fish gods were uh, doing their work, I suppose. But I'm glad you were able to get some. That all worked out really well. Brian Maramba. Do you think dwarf Mexican crayfish, crayfish will kill smaller gobies like Annie or tigers? I do not know, but I would think they could. Um, if it was me, I wouldn't risk it. I would let someone else risk it and then ask them what their experience was. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, I know they're pretty peaceful, the little Mexican crayfish, but those little Annie's are pretty darn small, so... Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure I would try it. If you do try it, let us know the result, please. 
Be curious to know. KS, can Corydoras get sick from frozen bloodworms? I feel like one of my Corys had a reaction after feeding, and you fortunately seem have not seen him today. And unfortunately, I have not seen him today. Okay. So I have never met a Corydora that was of size that had any trouble with bloodworms. And I've fed lots of Corys, lots of bloodworms over the years. Now, maybe if it's a smaller Cory, there might be an issue or gets lodged in or something. But I've also fed them to lots of smaller Corys. And the smaller Corys kind of just tend to like suck the innards out, I guess, and leave a shell. So I don't know if that I've ever had a problem, but I could see how a smaller quarry might be a problem um, because they do have those little, so on the, the back end, the floaty end of the bloodworm is like this, this hair-like thing that adheres to the water surface. And that allows it to just float at the surface of the water when it wants to and to breathe and things. Um, and that's the bit that when you're rinsing them out or whatever gets caught on the bowl or the container, like a plastic container, some of them will just get caught on the sides and you're trying to rinse them off the side and it's like stuck on there real good. That's these little hairs or hooks or whatever. They're really small, but they allow the uh, bloodworm to, to stick at the surface and breathe. So I suppose it is possible that those could, in a small enough quarry, get caught or create a problem or something. Um, but I haven't seen it, and I've, yeah, I've fed lots of bloodworms to lots of quarries. Kelly Foreman. Oh, I just got to Kelly's super chat. Thanks again, Kelly. And chat jumpity jumped on me. So there we go. I'm back. I am back. Orange Cones. Hey, I can check with our SAP guru. She lives in Apex where Tipper Tie is. Cool. Well, Orange Coast, I would appreciate any help, honestly. Um, I've been trying for a couple weeks now, and I think I've left three emails and four messages, and <laughs> like I spent a couple hours this morning just trying to track down a way uh, to source a Tipper Tie machine. It's just like, nope. Not again. <laughs> so, yeah, really any, any help would be most appreciated. All right. Let's see here. Maria Z, the L236 Super Whites and L46 Zebras are spectacular. Just saying. Yeah, I'm glad you like them. And I, I'm pleased with them. I think the – so I think a lot of people sell – L236 Super Whites. Um, some of them are outright frauds, right? They'll take your money and never send you the fish. And some of them are kind of making their stock seem better than it is, I suppose. Um, and so you just have to be careful. But I, I, I'm proud to say I really do think the ones that we have are really good quality. They do come from the source. Um, my source is Ernst Schmidt who is a close friend and collaborator with Robert of RB Strain, um, the, the man that developed the RB Strain. But they, they're collaborators. They, like, literally are close friends and collaborators, breeding fish, passing stuff back and forth and all that. So um, buying from Ernst is basically buying from Robert. It's as if my next-door neighbor were into breeding killies, and I was too, and we were swapping stock back and forth all the time to, you know – 
get better strains and increase genetics and all that. So I know they're super expensive. Um, I apologize for that. I'm not trying to gouge you. I promise. Um, we're, we're not even at our full markup on those markup on those. We, we didn't mark them up very much. <laughs> they're just very expensive. And so, um, I know they're expensive, but I, I literally like can't mark them down any more than that. We did our best. So that being said, though, I think the strain is super high quality. So I'm pretty confident in, the, in them. I think anyone that buys them will be pleased, especially when they grow out. Um, but if you compare them to others, I think that you'll see a difference if you're familiar with those with those fish, with the super white RB strains. Um, anyway, and, and I guess this gets into something else like. I've been thinking, what is the proper markup for a fish like that? So like a smaller fish, I, I, I know the markup. And if something goes wrong, it's like, okay, I'll replace it or I'll refund it or whatever. Um, and that's not going to be a massive blow to the company. Now, fortunately, problems are so few and far between that that's not often a concern. But the, the issue with fish like uh, zebra plecos and super white RB strain plecos and and even the even the Shodene puffers, the spotted Congo puffers and things like that is and, and that's not even super expensive. I mean, talk about like an, a platinum Beicher or something like that. Um, <laughs> you know, those can go for a lot of money. Um, but the, the issue becomes you can't do the full markup on them so then your risk increases exponentially because when it comes to this industry, it's not about how much money am I making on a fish? It's about what are your margins? Because if something goes wrong, I'm on the hook. I have to refund or replace the fish. Um, and when I do a refund, I also refund the shipping that correlates with that fish. So and when I, you know, replace, then I have to resend and there's shipping on that too. So when you can't, increase a fish, the margins you make on a fish, it starts getting really risky. And so it's it just, just please be aware of that. It's like, Oh, that seems like a lot for a fish. Yes, it is, but it's not our full markup. And there's a lot of risk. We've taken a lot of risk bringing some of these fish in because if something did go wrong, right? Let's say that three days after I got them, it's like, Oh man, they have this, laden issue and they all died like that would be a huge financial blow uh, to the company um so it's it's not just you know the life of the fish is important but the finances as well when you're looking at that side of things so i struggle with this a bit i'm like this is why i don't bring in tons of really expensive stuff although i did bring in more expensive things this import than i usually do because we have you know we're doing we're growing. We can kind of absorb that some more if there is a problem, but just, uh, I don't think I really appreciated until I started doing this on my own dime, uh, the amount of risk that a supplier, uh, a retail, a retailer, a seller of fish, um, puts themselves in every time <laughs> they, they import a group of fish. It's, it's an interesting business. So 
just wanted to talk about that a bit. Uh, that that that's been on my mind with those particular fish lately, and so that made me think about it. Um, Kayla's Aquatics throwing down nine ninety nine, and we get Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> Pippi cheering us on. Thank you, Bob. Glad glad you're here. Thanks for all you do, and thanks for the nine ninety nine. Appreciate the ten bucks. Always appreciated, never required, but as you know, Super Chats make Brenda super happy. Hoon Aquatics, the deepest, I'm sorry, the reddest pencil fish I've seen are the Rubro Caudatus, beautiful deep wine red. So is that the um, coral red? Let's see. There's two kind of types. Rubro Caudatus. Yeah, 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 these guys. Yep, that's pretty. That's very, very pretty. And yeah, I'm familiar with some of the, the other species of pencils. I've just never seen a Beckford's pencil fish, um, Nanostomus Beckfordi, that are, or Beckfordi, is it? Ah, my Latin's trash. That, that I was like, oh, I see why they call them red. I mean, there's some red on it, but it's not a red fish. It's got red bits that are pretty but it's not a red fish. Skipper's Aquariums, good to see you. I hope you're doing well and high right back. Um, Paul Soltero, I just saw your chat and then it jumped. One momento. Hang on, where is it? There we go. Paul Soltero, the discus didn't pay any attention to the pencil fish. I've had the same batch of pencil fish for a couple of years. The discus range in size four to six inches. All right. Awesome. Good to know. Good to know. Because your fish, any tips on catching hillstream loaches? Yes. Yes. Um, so random arms, AKA Jonathan, AKA get gills in the chat, came up with a, a great method for this last batch um, where he makes, when they come up on the glass, he makes a V with his fingers and puts the net below and just holds it there until they get tired of having fingers on their sides. He's not like jamming them down. He just holds it there until they decide to swim off and they'll, they'll let go and fall into the net basically. I think I'm explaining that correctly. My strategy is I'll put pieces of PVC pipe and other things like that in the tank um, that are light. And if you put a PVC pipe, say it's like a four inch piece of light PVC pipe, and it's a 75 gallon tank and it's about a foot tall, something like that, eight inches, a foot, something like that. And you put it vertically, well, after a little bit, it'll start growing algae on it. And so the hillstream loaches will get on there and start grazing algae. So when I wanna catch them, I just put my hand in, pinch the top of the PVC pipe, get a net by the bottom of it, lift it up a little bit, put the net in, and then lift the pipe up and they all fall off the pipe into the net. So my, that's my preferred way to do it. Um, and that works really well when you have a large group of them, but when you're down to the last three or four and they're not all on the pipe when you need them to be, then I think uh, Jonathan's uh, uh, method is probably the way to go because mine relies on them actually getting on the pipe. <laughs> So maybe we'll make a, a video sometime of Jonathan doing it and we can explain the details. But I, I think that explanation can get you started in figuring it out. But yep, they're, uh, 
they're a rough fish. Their entire defensive strategy, not their entire, but their main defensive strategy is suction harder, <laughs> right? <laughs> Somebody's trying to get me off. I'm going to cling tighter because I don't want to go off and into that thing's mouth. <laughs> Chevy Fish, I'm fine. Internet issues. Thank you for your concern. All right. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Good, good, good. Brian Marumba, well, if you see me order some Annie or Tiger Gobies, it did not go well. Okay, okay. <laughs> I will know. Liquid Zoo, only fins. Got my 12 Plecos today, six 173Bs and six 201s. They are beautiful, wonderful, healthy, and I'm glad I bought them uh, before you got even cooler ones, <laughs> if you remember, I uploaded an unboxing of them. That's that's awesome. Um, I will look into that unboxing. I do periodically scan YouTube for unboxings just because I don't always, people don't always tell me when they've made them and they don't always, I don't know if people know this feature. feature. Um, so let me show you this on Get Gills. You can, if you take a video of fish you buy from folks on Get Gills, an unboxing, or like, you know, a week later when you're ready to leave a review, you can leave a video review. So here's my store, here are my reviews, and if we scroll down here, we will see here's video feedback. So uh, Wolfie Pup took a video, and here's the video. So I could see an actual video of the hill trouts that I sent them after they were released into the tank, um, which is awesome for a seller like me to be able to see how things go on the other end. So if you didn't know about that um, and you're in the habit of taking, doing unboxings or taking little videos of your fish or what or, or big videos, I don't know, videos of your fish in general, <laughs> we don't have to qualify that. Um, then you can leave a link when you go to leave feedback or review your order. And that'll be awesome for the seller to see how things went on the other end. And it'll be great for other people that are considering purchasing from that seller because um, they'll see how things went, right? Um, and you do have to be careful out there on any crowdsourced marketplace. Um, you know, there can be bad actors, just people that you order from them and it's like, man, it's been a month. They have never gotten back to me. What's going on? Maybe you never hear from them, right? And so the way to know that is by, if we all, whenever we order, leave honest feedback, whether the transaction's positive or negative or somewhere in between, um, please do take the time to leave feedback just so that people know, hey, there's tons of good reviews on this store, I'm going to go ahead and place my order. Or, you know what, lots of people have had problems with this store, um, so maybe I'll skip that one, right? It's, it's, it's our mechanism for keeping um, the Get Gills platform honest and, and transparent in, in all of that. Um, I wanted to take a moment here because last week um, I gave uh, Bob Steenfot a shout out. He's an affiliate of Dan's Fish and said, hey, if you're going to buy from me, go visit Steenfot's channel and click on his affiliate link first and he'll get a little, you know, a little piece of each order as an affiliate. Um, but I, I have another, I have two other affiliates. We aren't doing a lot of affiliates at first. We're just doing the soft launch of the affiliate program. 
testing out all the software for it that Jonathan built. Um, he made it so that if you're an affiliate, you you're able to get on the site and actually see in real time how many transactions have happened, how much income you've been able to make from those transactions, how many, um, I think you can see how many people clicked on your link and are using it, things like that. So you stay informed as an affiliate. So Jonathan spent a lot of time making this um, transparent and easy for affiliates to see how it's going basically. And um, so we have three affiliates right now and it's kind of a soft launch, just making sure all that software works and everything. Um, and we'll be doing like a, a real, a real launch, I suppose, with a lot of fanfare. Um, once the warehouse is completed, uh, we have plans to bring some affiliates over and have them make videos of the warehouse and, and kind of, you know, make it a special event type thing. So, um, Bob Steenfot is an affiliate. Um, we have two others, one, one who is not announced yet. So I can't tell you who it is because it's, it's their privilege to share that when they're ready. And then this one that I'd like to share with you, this is a Facebook group. Um, it's our only Facebook affiliate. And normally I would not affiliate with a Facebook group because there's very few of them that I think are of service to the hobby. <laughs> Most of them are a whole lot of drama um, or a whole lot of promoting, right? Um, so this one, I've seriously been vetting this group for a year. They, they approached me about a year ago and said, you know, we're, we're thinking of affiliating. We like what you're doing. And I said, great, I'm going to, you know, let me vet your site. And it's been, as you know, this last year from, from right about now on, from like August on, these last 12 months have been crazy. Lots of large imports, lots of rare fish, all that to manage and get the logistics taken care of. On top of that, uh, all the planning for the warehouse, the finalizing of the fundraising and, um, hang on, I'll get back to that in a second. And um, the actual construction of the warehouse, the permitting, all the, you know, getting all that stuff done. It's been crazy busy. So I, it took me a year <laughs> to really uh, do this. And every now and then over the course of that year, I would check in with this site and see how it was going. And what I noticed that impressed me was, A, their membership was growing. Okay, lots of Facebook groups grow even if they're not great. But they've, they've grown quite a lot in the last 12 months. So that's, that's encouraging. Something else, though, is it seems to be a positive community that is actually sharing cool stuff that's interesting, like cool stuff about their hobby and what they're doing, but also really helping people, answering questions. And um, the Marios, who, who owns the, the group and, and his moderators, his team, have done a really good job of kicking out all the negative folks and shutting down all the sludge that creeps into Facebook groups, right? So I've been very impressed with this group. Um, and there's precious few I can say that of. I mean, Rainbow Fish Live is a Facebook group that I go to and actually get value out of, but there's not many. <laughs> like I could count them on one hand or less, maybe the one, the fish Facebook groups that I really think add value. Um, and, and have the tone 
that we want our hobby to have and the experience that we want hobbyists new or old or whatever to have, right? And I think this group does. So I brought them on as an affiliate. So if you're looking for a good Facebook group, check them out. Planted Aquarium Shrimp and Nano Fish. And um, yeah, just, just see if it's something you like as well. It's, and if you do, then maybe consider hitting their affiliate link and, uh, and supporting them too. So just want to give them a quick shout out because uh, since I did that for steam fought aquatics last week i thought it was only fair and if the third <laughs> when when the third affiliate finally announces i'll do the same for them just to keep it you know keep it level i suppose oh pardon me rehydrating Okay, I am back and ready for more. Let's see here. Okay, yeah, I was talking about, uh, I just read Liquid Zoo's comment about the 12 plecos they got. I'm glad you liked them. I hope you breed them. I hope you get tons of, of great babies and really enjoy them. So thanks for the order. And I'm, I'm pleased that you're pleased with them. We, I mean, plecos are not something I'm fully comfortable with. I've only been playing with the more pricey kind of hype and sisters types for maybe a year or a year and a half, something like that. Um, so there's something that I'm still figuring out, but what I have going for me is I found a great breeder to work with. So all of our plecos, and all of our corridors are aquarium bred and raised. Um, and you don't have those issues that you have with the wild plecos. And this is one reason it took me so long to, to be willing to get into them. Um, I just know so many wholesalers on down to consumers or on through, not down, it's not a hierarchy, through to cons end consumers who get plecos and it's like, oh man, I had it and two days later it died. And I had it and I spent like, you know, all this money on this fish and it came in and it had this super emaciated belly. It was all pinch bellied and I couldn't re get it to recover. Like I, I hear those stories all the time. And so that that really made me as a, as a hobbyist and a business owner wary of getting into them. But what I found, um, why I started getting into them is um, I found a breeder that I was confident with and I've tried a, f a species or two and hey, that went well. So tried another couple species and that went well. And I've kind of been doing that for the last year, year and a half. And what I've learned talking to more folks about them as I got into them is it's often the wild collected plecos that have the super emaciated bellies and, and tend to, to not do well probably they have parasites and they haven't been fed properly. And maybe they've been in a holding tank for a long time in their home country after they went through the grind of getting collected and transported and all that. So it, I'm not saying that wild caught plecos are something you shouldn't get, but it seems from what I'm understanding that, that they can have a lot more problems uh, coming in with pinch bellies and, and those problems that we hear about all the time. So what I have going for me is I found a breeder that does a great job 
Um, they've been working some of these strains for quite a while and selectively breeding them and getting good color and things. And they feed them really good. They, they came in so fat, like no pinch bellies, no problems. So, um, so I do think that the ones I have to send out, even though I'm not a Plecto expert, uh, the guy I get them from is. And so I, I think they're going to be good for people. Hood Aquatics, the L333s have very nice amount of white banding, much nicer than most of my colony. Oh, okay, great. So I, that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's um, when the lines have been worked for a while uh, by an expert breeder, then, you know, you gradually get improvements and things. So I'm glad that you like them, Hood Aquatics. I'm glad they're doing well for you. Um, yeah, and they're, they're breeding for, you know, those, what you want on that, which is, broader light bands, right? Yep. Um, Steven, although every time I send a Pleco, I'm still a little nervous. I'm like, I think these are great. I'm not an expert on them though. Like, I think the, I think these are the patterns that are the desirable ones. <laughs> you know, I think I got good ones and, uh, I'll, and I send them out. And so far everyone's been impressed. So I think it's, I think it's going well. Stephen P. 2003, Aquartics. <laughs> Picter are already de-stressing and looking great. Just fed them and they attack the food like the hungry dummies that they are. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that, Stephen P. Um, I'm glad to hear that. I know they uh, arrived warm to you. I put in a cold pack, but I put in, I could have put in a larger one. I didn't because I saw that your low last night was 74 degrees. And I was like, man, if I put in a too cold of one maybe they'll get too cold but yeah i know that you're at the end of your route and so maybe i should have put in a, a larger one so next time i will now that i know that about your area but i'm glad that even though they were too warm that they're still doing well for you orange cones anyone know the specific tipper tie machine dan wanted don't want to roll the stream back. Yeah, it's the Tipper Tie THZ400. I'll just bring it up here. Let's see if I can find it right here. Man, they don't make it easy. Well, there's a great video here of them doing like a, a demonstration with it in liquid. So I'm just going to link that because I think that has all the information in it. It's the Tipper Tie THZ 400. There you go. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't like, I've been talking to Jonathan about this for a couple of weeks now. Like how is it that a company can survive when someone approaches them and says, Hey, I've got money. I really like that machine. I'd like to buy one. And there's literally no way to buy it. <laughs> like It's like, so weird to me. So weird. And I'm not trying to like go direct to the manufacturer to get a deal or anything. Um, I, I, um, was, I'm willing to pay the normal price. I just need to find the representative or the distribute the, whatever the retail point is, right? Whatever the, the purchase point is. I, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Let's see here. Um, 
I'm scrolling up because I'm way behind and chat jumped on me. Here we go. Maria Z, send all the Flecos to me. I'll take the hit for this for the team. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That would be like a, I could get all the Plecos or a new home. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Melier. Hey, good to see you, Michael. Are these number two pencils safe to keep with my um, Scantron cichlids? I know that's a joke, and I know I should get it. But what's a Scantron cichlid? Like, I know the test, the Scantron sheet. Hang on. Oh, there's... Yeah. Please mark your answers on the Scantron form provided using only a number two lead pencil. We all know that one. What's the Scantron cichlid? Like it's pulling up uh, a couple taps. It's pulling up like a, a Lamprologus. I, I don't know. Jonathan's laughing at me because I'm obviously missing something, but I'll figure it out later. He's having a good time at my expense. Um, oh, Duh, pencil, Scantron. <laughs> All I can say is I'm not always the sharpest pencil in the box. <laughs> Duh. Oh, Jonathan didn't, wouldn't tell me. He's just over here like laughing at me because I'm such an idiot sometimes. Thank you, Michael Melier, for the humor. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I tell you, you can't get nothing past me. <laughs> Gold Nugget Plego Tetra. Peruvian Coral Red Type 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. The, the Peruvian Corals are awesome. Um, but totally different species, though. I'm, I'm talking about the Beckfordis, and I'm like, why do they call them red? Because, I don't know. They look like pencilfish to me. Foxy's fishes. The dwarf amber barbs I won already made babies. Yes, the fryer's so tiny. Foxy's fishes, that is awesome. If I wasn't so tired, I would give you a golazo right now, but I am I am tired, so. You got babies of the dwarf amber barbs. You know what? I don't know anyone else that's breeding those. That is awesome. If you do raise some up, if you're so inclined, would you just keep little notes? of milestones like this many days they hatch this many days they're free swimming started feeding this kind of food for this many days and after two weeks they were big enough for this new kind of food or whatever um because i'd love to get an article written about those about how to spawn and raise those just because i literally don't know anyone else that's doing it and i think it's a cool little fish and i think they're not hard to keep or anything so I think an article about breeding and raising them could get folks excited about them and, and help, you know, help them get more established in the hobby. So if you did that and were willing to write an article or help me write an article about them, um, then that could be something that I could totally see in a newsletter. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Oscar says, do you still carry Norman's lamp? I killifish. I, I never have Oscar. Um, 
that's poor Panchex Normani. The ones that I have kept are not Normani's lamp eyes. They are neon green lamp eyes. And that is Poropanchax luxothalmus. So same genus, closely related, but two different species. Um, and I do still have a few of the neon green lamp eye. Um, make sure I'm not lying. I mean, I know I have some outside, but I've got a out in the annex. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, here they are. Poropanchex luxothalmus, I've still got 11 of them. And by the way, this is an actual picture of one of the fish I sent a customer. Um, he took a picture and sent it back to me, and it was a much better picture than anything I had taken. So he was nice enough to tell me I could use his picture. But I didn't take that picture. That's, that's from a customer that actually got them. They do have nice green on them. Uh, once they settle in and, you know, are adults. Let's see here. Charlie Barton, back again two weeks in a row. This might be a new record. <laughs> Very meaningful to one, too, if it's that easy to break, right? Liquid Zoo, only fins. Oh, boy, Steenfont has been telling people to go to Dan's Fish. He's missing out on referrals doing that. Yeah, I, I just need to be fair to all the affiliates, though. I think Bob would agree with that. Yeah. Yep. And I do appreciate him doing that. That's awesome. Maria Z, what were you feeding the L236 just so I can help them adjust? Thank you. Okay, so the L236, so you, so I'm not a Pleco expert, but here's what I found really works for keeping weight on them and helping them adjust when I first import them. Now, I know the hype and sister species are... Um, more carnivorous than like your ancestress, right? So you want to give them a lot of protein. So I do. Um, I'll give, I'll feed them baby brine shrimp. I'll feed them, I'm sorry, not baby brine shrimp, frozen brine shrimp, frozen bloodworms. Um, I give them Hikari Massivore Delight, those big sinking pellets that are the size of like cat or dog food pellets. I feed them those. And then in between, I feed them zucchini. So I'll take like a quarter inch coin of zucchini stick it on a fork and put it in the tank by where they're hiding. And what I found is it takes them a little while to transition to some of the prepared foods. Oh, algae wafers as well. I give them algae wafers too, because there's actually in most algae wafers, there's actually quite a bit of protein. The first ingredient is often like fish and then spirulina. Um, so that's generally what I feed them. Basically stuff that sinks and is water stable for a while is what I try to feed them. And what I found is the zucchini gives them something to munch on between meals and something to keep them eating and, and going while they're adjusting to those new foods. Now, the ones that I sent you are eating all those foods and eating really well. So what I tend to do is um, with the frozen bloodworms and brine shrimp, I'll feed them and then I'll try to like turn off the light or darken the tank and it'll come back in a couple hours, and if they haven't eaten, they'll remove any that they haven't eaten. Uh, by now, they're, they're used to those foods, so they'll eat them pretty well. But when I'm first doing it, I don't want to feed them something that'll just, like, spoil in the tank. And then 
before lights out at night, I'll drop in an algae wafer or a Hikari Massivore Delight pellet or something like that. And I'll drop it in, go to bed, wake up in the morning, and I'll see if they ate it or not. Now, the algae wafers um, and the Massivore Delight are water stable enough that um, they're not going to break apart and, and, you know, be impossible to clean the next morning. They'll last all night in pretty much an intact form. So if they haven't eaten, then I can go in and just scoop those out in that morning and then try again the next night until they're used to that food and eating well. And the whole time there's zucchini in there and I change that out every day. That's what I found to really help as they transition to to prepared foods and um, and all the ones that I have now are, are, are eating well on prepared foods, um, sinking pellets and wafers. Um, however, I, again, I'm no true expert, but I, I do think that it could take them a few days to start eating again after transport. I, I would imagine you have caves or hides or something for them to feel comfortable with, um, but they're pretty much gonna eat at night only for a while. They're at the point now though, that we will see them eating during the day. Um, as soon as we walk by the tank, they all rush back to their hiding spots. But if we feed them and, and walk away and then kind of sneak over 20 minutes later, just to take a peek out of their view, <laughs> we can see them, but they can't see us. Then we do see them out and about and eating. So I, I think it just takes a little time though. Now. The ones that I've been sending out are, are good body weight and things, so I don't think there's any, like, if they don't eat for the first couple days, I don't think there's any, like, real concern. Because um, they could go for quite a while without eating. I, they probably won't, I would assume, that within a couple of days. I'd be surprised if none of them are eating well by the end of the week and are kind of used to their new home. That would surprise me. Yeah. So anyway, hope that helps. Okay, Liquid Zoo. I didn't mean his link was wrong. I meant he says go to Dan's Fish. I think we're talking about Bob still. Yeah, Bob's a great affiliate and a great guy, and I'm really glad to have him on the team, um, for sure. And I don't think we'll have many affiliates. We're, we're like, I think less is more. I think it's about picking really quality affiliates instead of there was a time when I was like, well, we could do micro affiliations where anyone of any size channel or whatever could become an affiliate and, and all that. But um, I rethought my strategy and there's a couple things. One is I want them to represent the company well. So I'm not just looking for like, oh, you have, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. Great. You can be affiliate. It's, it's more than that. It's it's also the, the message it sends being an affiliate with that channel or person or organization or whatever, right? So that's that's number one. And number two is um, there's a certain critical mass that that we want them to be able to reach, right? So um, there are people that are doing great content but don't have the reach that we would need to bring them on. And since we want to keep the team small and tight, uh, we're being very selective. And I, I think that's the right move. But, you know, in a few months, I'll know. <laughs>
Max, hi Dan, can multiple Stiphodon areofuscus be kept together? Thank you. Yes, absolutely. They can't. Um, it really helps with Stiphodons and the rest of the gobies. If there's line of sight blocks, if everyone has, if there's rock work and there's little caves and crevices for everyone, um, that really helps. And, and those or it's well planted, you know, things like that. Um, then you should have no issues at all. Um, I keep them in, it's just a bare tank painted back in size, just the front panels not painted, right? Um, back sides and bottom are painted. I do keep sand in those tanks. Not, not a ton, but not for deep enough to plant or anything, but just a layer of sand because I do find they like to pick through the sand. And then I have lots of like PVC pipes or little flower pots and things like that. So they can all claim a little pipe or get claim a little hole or a little, little space. So it would be even better if I had like lots of rock work in the tanks and things like that, but it's hard to resell out of tanks when you've got a big pile of rocks in it. Um, yeah. Orange cones. Thanks. Hey, thank you for helping me find the temper tie THC 400. Danny Ken aquatics. Hey, Danny and Kenny. Good to see you guys. Thanks for being here. Kenny E. I hope you're feeling better. Charlie Barton. Can those pencil fish be kept with shrimp? Yeah, I would say so. They definitely go after like newly released shrimp. So little tiny babies when they first come off the mama. Um, I've seen them like just scour the tank for them. It, it's almost like a natural food for them. It seems like I know they're from different continents and all that, but it's the type of thing that I suspect they really hunt in earnest in the wild little critters like that. But as far as um, adult shrimp, I think it would be fine. Now, any adult shrimp is very vulnerable when it's molting. I have seen less than quarter inch fry tear apart adult cherry shrimp when they were molting. So I would say make sure that you always have hiding places for your shrimp where they can go and be secure when they're molting. But besides that, um, I think you'll be fine. Ty Aquatics. Hi, do you use probiotics in your system? Any experience probiotics with Pleco sunken belly or auto survival product recommendation? I use aquaculture probiotics. Um, so I've never used probiotics with fish. Um, the one time that I was worried about sunken belly with plecos. I used levamisole and fed them really well and that, that seemed to fix the problem. Um, but so I, if I need to, will medicate, but never use probiotics. Okay, yes, your laugh is infectious. I laugh whenever you do. Well, glad to share the laughter. And I mean, the world was laughing at me because when you're an idiot live on camera, it's funny for other people. <laughs> Swamp thing, Betacochina prefer acidic water. Can they thrive in neutral pH? Yeah, so um, they can thrive in neutral. They can thrive in hard alkaline water as well, as long as it's clean and they have been properly adjusted to aquarium life before you buy them. I sold, Cochina is one of my best sellers. I sold them to people with, every water type available in the United States and um, they're very hardy so haven't had any problems. Now they hate ammonia, they hate nitrite, those compounds simply don't exist in their natural habitat so they're very sensitive to them and um, 
They are prone to ick and velvet. So those are the things to watch out for. But in general, once they've acclimated and got used to aquarium life and things, they're very, very hardy in my experience and the experience of most of my customers. Every now and then a customer will have a problem and we'll work through it and find out, oh, whatever, this or that, or, you know, find out the problem and, and fix it. Um, but I've never had a customer so far that had a problem and we weren't able to resolve it and send them a new batch and help them be successful. Um, yeah, tight lid, they jump like crazy. And they, one thing that is can be an issue is if they're with really aggressive fast feeders, like I wouldn't put them in with a bunch of rainbow fish. Um, the cochina are slower to the food than, than a lot of our aquarium fish are. So keep that in mind, <laughs> small, peaceful, not too fast tank mates. Yep. That's my thought swamp thing. Holy cow, the super chats have been falling and I have not been keeping up. 503 Aquatics throwing down $2.99 and give me a fist bump. Right back at you, 503 Aquatics. Good to hear from you. And is that an area code? 503. You in California? Is that Northern California? 503? Is that 530? I think that's 503, right? Kids Aquatics throwing down another $9.99, and it's not even time to end the stream, so I must be doing something right. <laughs> so before it's Pippi Longstocking as a cheerleader, now it's Pepe Longstocking. Not to be outdone. <laughs> thank you, Bob. Edward Motes, $10. Hey, thank you. Just pulled my first mop of Affinis rainbow eggs from the fish I won a few weeks ago. If these eggs hatch, they will be the first rainbows I had successfully bred. Wish me luck. Good luck. Golasso to ya. That's amazing. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Um, just, just a note. Melanotania fry are super tiny. They're gonna have a hard time eating like baby brine shrimp and things. Um, if you can culture rotifers and infusoria and all that, that's great. Green water is great. But barring that, try to get a hold of some like golden pearls, five to 50 microns, really fine powder. If you just put a little bit of that on the water surface, they'll eat on that. And um, they might not do as well as if they were on like you know, tiny live foods, you might not be able to raise quite as many, but you'll probably be able to raise a good number. Just change the water frequently because that stuff goes foul pretty quick. So if you can feed them in the morning when you first wake up and then, I don't know your schedule, but um, let's assume a schedule here. Wake up, feed them. Before work, change the water, feed them again. <laughs> Come home from work, change the water, feed them again. Before bed, change the water, don't feed them, turn off the light. You know, if you can get three, four feedings in in a day, that would be great. So hope it goes well for you. Um, that's awesome, Edward. I'm excited. Do, do let us know how it goes. And if this particular batch doesn't raise up, they're going to keep laying eggs. So yeah, you're going you're gonna to get more, more chances, more up to bats. Brandon S throwing down $5. Brandon, thank you so much. Never required, but Super Chats are always appreciated. And Danny Ken Aquatics 503 is Oregon. Okay, it must be 530 that's NorCal. Um, <laughs> Home of Fishtoberfest. Yes, I will be there speaking on October 10th. Um, anyone in the Pacific Northwest, I hope to see you there. I'm excited about it. 
Thanks all for the super chats. It's just awesome when money falls out of the screen. It's every little bit helps. Yep. We're in the startup phase still, so every bit helps. Okay, let's see here. Did I miss anybody? Nope. Cheers. Timbo taking it easy. I like that. I'm going to tank it easy for a while. <laughs> Any plans on getting some Synodonis Lucipinicin? No, I, Lucipinus, Petricola, all those guys, um, I've been not bringing in because Lake Tanganyika and fish and stuff just like it hard and alkaline. And my water here is super soft. It's pretty much RO water out of the tap. Um, it's snow melt off. And I can literally see the mountains in the snow from my doorstep. So it's basically snow runs off, goes in a stream and comes to my house. So uh, it doesn't have a chance. It's not groundwater. It hasn't had a chance to absorb a lot of minerals. And that's not the best. I'm sure they would live. I, you know, I can do hard water stuff. It's just a little more work settling them in. So I could do it. But I've decided not to do like uh, the Rift Lake uh, Synodonis species until the warehouse because I will have access to hard water there. And maybe I'm uh, saying things completely wrong and Lucipinus is a soft water species, but I believe Lucipinus is one of the Rift Lake species, if I remember right. Yeah, because aren't they par parasitic on mouth brooders? Is that Lucipinus? Anyway. Foxes, fishies, sounds fun. I'd love to. I do that nerdy stuff already, always. Cool. Max, I've gotten my dwarf gold barbs to breed too. Good. Or did you say amber, dwarf amber barbs? So I think that she was, I think they were talking about uh, dwarf amber barbs that, that they've bred, and you've done the dwarf golden barbs. Hey, just barb breeding madness around here. This is awesome. Fryer indeed super small if it's the same fish. I found them in the filter. <laughs> Did you breed the fish? Well, kind of. I mean, I found babies. <laughs> I bred a lot of fish that way. <laughs> in fact, geez, right now I have, so I have two spawns of banded gudgeons I'm raising up on purpose. And then they spawned again, two separate spawns, like one pair spawn and then another pair spawn two days later. This is the um, Mogurnda cingulata. And I didn't pull the eggs or the babies because I like already have a ton that I'm raising. So I figured that the parents would eat them. No, I've got a big cloud of fry in that tank with the parents. <laughs> All these accidental spawns, right? Yeah, so I think, I think that we've had both dwarf amber barbs and dwarf golden barbs um, reported as breeding. That's cool. Totally different fish, different continents, different genuses, all that. Maria Z, that's what I wanted to know. What pellets? Thank you. I don't like to feed too much bloodworms. Yeah, yeah, of course. Give them a good rotation. You know, you know, you got this. You got this. And of course, I'm around if you have any other questions. And Maria, I did see that I got a couple emails um, from you later today after I emailed you earlier and I it's just I have not got to my inbox it's been well we're literally setting records right now so it's for the number of fish we're selling and stuff so it's it's been very busy but I will get back to you um, basically what I did is um, cleared my inbox this morning 
And then the rest of the day, I just scanned to make sure there were no problems with shipping, but I didn't really open anything up or anything. Um, just, just shipping reports. Mystery snail guardians, have you? Do you have mystery snails? I don't. I have ram's horn snails and pond snails, but no like, no purposeful snails. Let's say. <laughs> There are 204 people here. That's not bad. Thanks for being here, everybody. Appreciate it. If you don't mind sharing this out, we'd get some more folks here. That'd be great. If you wouldn't mind liking, sharing it, um, getting getting some more folks here. We just, I don't know why, but as, as a human being, I like seeing lots of folks in the chats. Okay, looking here. Chat, chat keeps jumping and I keep getting lost. Okay, hang on one moment. I think this is where. Nope. Oh, oh, pardon me. I'm sorry. It's been it's been long, long days, even longer than usual. It's good though. It's a good problem. It's a good problem having to get up early and pack orders. Rachel Irwin, where can I find info on Fishtoberfest? I'm not finding it online and I want to go. Well, Danny Can Aquatics here will fill you all in about it. Um, but it's Greater Portland Aquarium Society. Hang on, let me find them. Portland, Portland Aquarium Society. Here we go. Greater Portland Aquarium Society. Wet, uh, on their page. Let's see here. Is Fishtober... Is it there? Events. Let's see here. Greater Portland Aquarium Society events. Hmm. Well, Kenny, Kenny E, would you, um, how do we do this? <laughs> if you get a hold of Danikin Aquatics, they can tell you all about it. Um, I didn't see anything about it on the Portland area aquarium society's website but i just did a quick look maybe it's somewhere else i bet you could get a hold of folks um through that website as well i mean i have a poster i know it's october 10th um but i don't know much more than that well i know there's some cool speakers sorry <laughs> sandy is it Dr. Doty? I think it was Doty. I think we've been over this. Uh, it's the multipunctatus that are parasitic synodonis. Okay, got it. Timbo, I have liquid walk. Walk? I have liquid. I can't do it. I can't say it. I have liquid rock water here in Utah. I would have thought our water would be a little closer to similar. Those fish are hard to find. Shucks. Yeah, I've. I've, I've been in Utah and I've, I've had that liquid rock water. I, I get it. Um, but yeah, it, most of Wyoming has super hard water, but our water comes from the Bighorn Mountains. It doesn't come from an aquifer. So we're one of the few places in Wyoming that has super soft water. Yep. But I will bring them in um, if I can find a good group at a good price once I have the warehouse because there I'll have... Uh, harder water access to a hard water source orange cones oh but chat jumped i'm getting there i'm getting there wait holy sheesh 
Hang on, I'm way lost. There we go. That is your theater background, liking a big audience. Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah. Well, it's just the more people, the more fun. I don't know. Plus, I don't know. There's some. There's something that makes it seem like okay if if more people are coming to the live stream, it's like okay, good. It's just a an, an indication that we're doing it right, right? That the live stream is being done in a way that people enjoy and show up for. So I don't know. Plus, I think YouTube likes it. I, I think it just helps in general for the channel growing. Um, YouTube likes it and we'll start sharing things out more. And it's just, yeah, what's not to like. The Bamboo Betta. I've worked in Sheridan a few years back. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I love it here. It's, I call it Brigadoon. This just little beautiful village <laughs> in a beautiful valley up next to the mountains. I love it here. Kelly Foreman throwing on $4.99. Kelly, again, thank you. Oh, Bunny Viper has leeches in her tank from Bogwood. Can you help her with this disgusting scourge or should she just burn her house down? <laughs> the flamethrower is not a bad option. Um, see, I've never dealt with leeches. I remember... Oh, someone... It's been a while, but there is someone that had leeches. We talked about it in the live stream and they tried a few different things and they were finally able to get rid of them. But it took a long email conversation back and forth. And this was a long time ago. I can't remember if it was flubendazole or, or if they used copper or salt. Jeez, I... I'm sorry, Bunny Viper. I'm going to let you down on this one. I've never dealt with leeches on my own. Um, and I can't remember what the community member who had them used. So if you're here and you've successfully eradicated leeches, would you chime in? Um, because I don't remember. I'm sorry. Mike Stambaugh, at what size do you think Cyprochromus would be okay to ship? And do you think smaller sips would, would be better to ship than bigger fish? I'd say about an inch and a quarter. Uh, inch to inch and a quarter would be great. Um, it's basically, it's not just their size, it's also how well they're being fed. So if they've been fed well enough that they've got a good fat reserve, then go ahead. But there are fish that could be an inch, inch and a quarter that aren't being fed well and don't have any fat reserves. So that, that's the issue with sips. That and uh, just, okay, don't, <laughs> when you ship Cyprochromus or um, Pseudo-Cyprochromus, th those kinds of um, really delicate mid-water fish, a um, couple things. Don't use your aquarium water. Use clean water from whatever you use to fill your aquarium, your tap or whatever your water source is, treat it like you're putting it in your aquarium and put an air stone in it and let it bubble for like 12 hours or 24 hours. That'll stabilize it and then use that to ship. What that is, is nice, clean, stable water that doesn't have a whole bunch of microorganisms in it um, because sips don't like ammonia and they don't like low oxygen content and those can both happen during shipping. So if you're using clean shipping water and you're not overcrowding them, they have a fat reserve and um, 
and it's really about clean water, um, then I think you'll be okay. But they are one of the trickier ones. Um, I, I guess basically, if you ship fish properly, you should be able to ship sips as well. Um, yeah. So I, I hope that answers your question, but it's hard to say an exact size because each fish at a different size is being kept differently. And so it's hard to say, but I think at about an inch and a quarter, they're likely to have enough, no matter how they're being kept pretty much enough fat reserves to be fine. Uh, John's fish room. I have a machine. I will check the model number for you. That's John. Thank you so much. Yeah. If anyone has any kind of a bag clipper machine um, that works, for you and can do a three mil bag that's about if you spread out the bag like you're not cutting it open you're just the normal flat bag before you put anything in it is about 12 inches across and three mil um that would be great i, I would love to get one of those for steve punchy pings i've used hydrogen peroxide had to basically nuke the tank and start over uh, okay gotcha gotcha so it was a reset for you, huh? Ooh, yeah, that's no fun. No fun. Okay, um, let's go ahead and do a giveaway, shall we? So this is for some uh, Beckford's pencil fish. The red Beckford's pencil fish is the, the version I have, although they all look a little red to me, <laughs> tell you the truth. They're doing great. They're hardy. They're beautiful. Um, haven't had any problems with this batch at all. And the winner is, let's see here, Max. <laughs> Max, you have won. Thanks for being a subscriber. Wow. Been a subscriber since May of 2019. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. That's pretty cool. Um, anyway, you've won some pencil fish. If you wouldn't mind just letting us know in the chat that you're here and all that, then, uh, then we'll confirm your winnings because you do have to be present to win while we are waiting. Let's see here. So, um, Mike Stambaugh, what I would say is about shipping. If you haven't seen my video on how to ship fish on YouTube, if you take a look at that, I think you'll be fine. It, it covers all the basic principles of doing it successfully. So give that a, give that a look-see. Then I think inch, inch and a quarter, you'll be okay. Okay, cool. So Max has chimed in. Max is here. Yes, you have won, Max. If you would email me, dan at dancefish.com, please send me your first and last name and your mailing address, even if I already have it. <laughs> please do that just to make it easy so I don't have to go hunt addresses and things. Um, and then I'll email you a shipping time and we'll get that all taken care of. So congratulations. Thanks for playing. And um, yeah, pencil fish are awesome. I think you're going to like them. All right, with that, I think we're gonna go ahead and close out the stream. Before I do, Punchy Paints, are you going next? If you would let us know. If so, if you want more fish talk, then in about half an hour, if she's going live, it'll be in about half an hour and Punchy Paints will be uh, talking fish and doing some art and hanging out with, where's Punchy? 
<laughs> I still want <laughs> I still want someone to edit where's Waldo uh, where's Waldo outfit onto Punchy for for a thumbnail sometime. That would be awesome. <laughs> so when it looks like when Punchy did the hydrogen peroxide to kill the leeches, she took the fish out of the tank, poured in a full bottle of hydrogen peroxide, and just bleached the thing with hydrogen peroxide and started all over. Okay, good to know. <laughs> all right. So with that, I'd like to thank my mods. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing all that you do every week. Everyone that threw money at us, thanks for the super chats. Um, greatly appreciate it. Always appreciated, never required, but every bit does help. So thank you. Um, everyone that was active, asking questions and comments. I just, it's, it's awesome. I love interacting with you guys. This is my like weekly fish nerd out with other fish people. It's like my social time. Sad as that might sound to some people. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for being here and being active. Hail the Lurker Nation. Everyone watching the replay. I hope you can be here live sometime, but I get it. Life's busy. Everyone listening on the podcast. Thank you for doing that. And Michael Melier, thanks for making that happen. I appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And, um, until then, I hope you have a good one. Thanks, and bye-bye.